Hey everybody, my name is Larry Sternshine, and you're listening to Real Early. On the show today is my guest Patrick Bartlett of the Chainsaw and Claws Horror Movie Podcast with past guest Rob Antiquera. This episode marks the beginning of my special spooky season-themed episodes of Real Early, where I talk to some of my horror-loving friends about their history of horror. I have four very special guests lined up this month, and I couldn't be any more excited. For those who may not be familiar with Patrick Bartlett, my guest, he is one of the most positive horror voices on the internet. You can find him on many different podcasts spreading the love. He's not just into horror as well as you'll find out, as we talk about his love of comic books and punk rock, and we talk about just how important it is to be yourself no matter what anybody tells you. It's a fun and inspiring episode, so without further wait, Patrick Bartlett. So, Patrick, thanks for coming onto the show. Appreciate it. Of course. So we, we we talked briefly offline, and it is funny that you are known as the horror guy, and it is <laughs> going to be October. Actually, it is October when you hear this, so I thought I want to get some horror people on, and our friend Matt, who you've heard on this episode before, suggested you... And I was like told to uh, ask Pat, and I know he is Patrick. So I was like, "Who's that?" So it's really embarrassing, but I'm glad you decided to come out anyways, despite my embarrassing. No, actually, the best part of all of that was that I was just telling you, I was like, I was present for it because it was in our Discord. <laughs> so it was just like I'm just watching. Like it's just like it's like you should ask Pat. Who's Pat? Patrick Bartlett. Oh, <laughs> just like. I'm right here. I'm literally. I'm just. I'm right here. <laughs> I think when Rob and I mentioned you, I think it's always by full, like full name, like his first and last name. For some reason, I don't know why. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's fine. I don't really care. I mean, although um, for the thing that Rob and I have been doing, I switch back to like my alias um, because it's like we're doing like a horror thing, like a horror podcast. And I was just like, he was just like, do you want to like use your, and I was like, I'll be Patrick Vicious again. And he was just like, yeah, let's do that. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm Patrick Vicious again, but that's fine. <laughs> well, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> so I had my question. The first time I was going to ask was um, for this particular time, do you think it's weird that people or like okay now it's october i'm gonna watch horror movies versus like just watching horror movies all year round like do you find it weird i mean it, i don't it, it, it's actually kind of the, to me it's the opposite where it's just like it's i completely get it where people are like oh hey like i want to be in like the mood for like halloween stuff and i have the exact opposite thing where i'm just like i literally i if i i almost and i wouldn't do this because it would fucking kill me but um like I almost want to be like just no horror for October, just to be like that punk, like the, the the punk contrarian in me is in my head and be like, no, I'm just gonna watch all like fucking like action films and rom coms all October. What do you think of that, motherfuckers? But like that would probably literally like like last year, I did a truly psychotic amount because like I remember Mike was doing uh he was doing the, like the 31 Days of Horror thing. And like I was at the time unemployed, so I had nothing fucking going on. So I did all in all, I think like 95 or 96 movies last October that were all horror. And without counting horror, I have no idea how much it was in total. But yeah, to answer your question, like I get it 
it just to me if i went too long without watching horror i would be really really depressed you know what it is it is that episode of buffy where it's halloween yes and actually i was thinking that yes but i didn't know if anyone would understand yeah. that reference but yes yeah the monsters they don't it's halloween it's just sort of like why would it's their day off it's like their uh their christmas or their whatever large day off for a lot of people are it's not let's go out and scare people they do that all year round they need a break yeah exactly i mean i do like the reason like i i mean i like halloween in general i've always have but like for me like i haven't worked on halloween in like over a decade because it's like the day that i basically go and watch as many horror movies in one day as i can um like i don't really like go out and like i don't necessarily know because like, i don't like yeah because i mean i i did go out once but yeah that's a, that's a uh humans um but in my case it's just fun just to like what start the day with either halloween or trick-or-treat and basically make my way to the other one with every available second of that day so it's like and then that's kind of like my whole thing with october in general where it's like i will go harder than i would normally just for like the sake of it because a lot of people will be like bring up things they're watching and i'm like oh yeah i haven't watched that in a while or oh yeah i want to watch that and so it's like i get there because like that's the thing is like kind of other people's like spooky season things I'm using air quotes uh you can't see those um is kind of just fuel for me because it's just like oh hey like there's all these things that i didn't even think of there's all like things i could be watching right now i like watching horror movies all year round but i do like doing a 30 day like halloween challenge uh hooptober is this thing that i do on letterboxd just so you know just something fun um what's the but what's the most you've ever watched in the month of october you said what was that last year at 95 yeah it was 90 i want to say 96 was the total i can't remember exactly because I, I did count them up but like i was tr- i really tried to hit 100 i was so close but i was just like it's literally impossible like it was like it was the end of the day and i was like there's just no fucking way but i was like still i've done more than triple like the 31 and 31 so i was like i can live with that that's fine there is actually a challenge that people do on twitter and it's 100 horror movies but it's like in 90 days yeah i saw that too yeah and i i i tried doing it but the first like four days of august i'm usually away for gen con so like you gotta like to really do it either you have more time to watch movies or if you don't have as much time you gotta watch like one a day for (laughs) for someone like me to do that it's just i can't once i'm already behind a day or two i'm just like forget it what's the thing is like i there is times where i'm like i'd rather watch other stuff so it's like I, that's why the reason I, that's the reason I don't like the challenges and stuff is because like there literally is times where I'm just like not necessarily like in the mood for anything in particular like as far as horror goes like I might be in the mood for like ambulance like I don't I don't necessarily want to watch X I want to watch ambulance like it's like there's there is times where I'm like oh hey I want to watch something completely different and like when you're doing those challenges that's the thing is you really have to like commit to like basically like I'm going to watch horror every day and I just I just I don't want to be in that box is basically my concern. That is a similar issue that I have, even though I've created my own 30 day thing in November, but I sometimes I'm just thinking, 
I don't want to be, I just want to do what I'm feeling like. Yeah, exactly. And, but I mean, as long as I'm watching movies every now and then, I'm okay. You know, yeah, it doesn't have I mean, to be every day. Yeah. But. No, totally. I think it's like, I was just like, just, I mean, yeah, like watching movies is the, is pretty much my main, my favorite thing to do. So, like, yeah, I mean, at all times, I mean, it's primarily horror that I watch, but like, that doesn't mean like that's all I want to watch. For the, for Halloween then, this, this time, do you have any other traditions or is it mostly just hanging out at home watching movies? Do you do anything else fun? No, I mean, there was, um, cause it, okay. When I was like a kid growing up in this, there was like, okay, the basically the, the town I grew up in, which is really close to Canada and it was like really cold. Um, it basically fall didn't really exist. It basically went from like summer to like a month of fall, maybe a month and a half. And then it would start snowing and it would not stop snowing until like April, May. Um, so like, it wasn't until I moved away to a slightly, slightly warmer climate that like, I started to kind of having people who were like, Oh, Hey, let's do these fall things. Like, let's like go apple picking and like, let's do that. And I'm just like, I don't understand what the fuck any of you are doing. Like, I'm just like, I just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I, I like jack-o'-lanterns, like carving jack-o'-lanterns is fun, but like most of the time it's just like, my whole thing is like, even like decorating, like I live in an apartment. So like, I don't necessarily need to like decorate that much. Cause like most of my decor, like I have a, jason mask that's just there all the time like i have currently my halloween costume hanging up over there as like a uh i don't know how to put it um inspiration i guess so it's like i don't necessarily like my stuff is always it's like all everything that i own is either horror or like horror adjacent or like weird so it's like mostly for me it's just yeah to answer your question just watching horror is like my thing but i mean it's what I, that's again it's most of my days in this earth how did you get into horror movies in, in the first place? I, I mean, that's thing is, I've literally tried to nail this down, and I don't really know for sure because, like, I did uh, Sledgehammer Horror once. They asked, like, your favorite area. Sorry, your your first horror movie, and I was like, I said Nightmare on Elm Street because that was the first one I remembered being like, like leaving like a scar when I was like four years old, like left a like horrible impression on me um but even before that like before i really have like actual conscious memories i remember like really being into like the universal monster movies and stuff like like my early and like not even just those but like, the, the ones that were like knockoffs that like were made by like random companies or like um the hammer films and shit that was all just like stuff that i was kind of unconscious of so like for literally i i mean i don't even know if my parents would know but like for as long as I can remember, I've loved horror. So it's like, for me, like the thing that kind of like got me off on like that, like addiction, if you will, is nightmare. Just because like, I've mentioned this before just in life, but like, I feel like the thing with like horror is everybody's story of how they got into horror is always like the movie they saw that scarred them. And it's because like, and I'm straight edge. So like, I've never done drugs. This is just like what I've gleaned from like, health class and shit is um you do drug a drug the first time and you spend the rest of your life like chasing that high that initial high i guess that's the thing with like horror is like you got this like feeling like this movie made you feel something even though if that thing was like unpleasant like it made you feel something really deeply 
and you want that again like it's like because most things in life necessarily you don't necessarily feel things like it's like that's the thing that's why i feel like a lot of people get jaded just in general and like that's why, like that's why a lot of horror fans are really passionate is because it's like that's the thing is like you keep wanting more of that like that's like that feeling that makes you feel a lot like it makes you feel something like it like not even just like in the like your heart's pounding or whatever but like just it gives you that like shock that like shock to your system that like keeps you going so it's like my whole life has been that that makes sense and because like when i grew up one of the first horror movies i watched was nightmare on elm street and I find it fascinating because I was like five or so, somewhere, somewhere around that age. It was like on HBO. And my parents just, you know, whatever. I was with my sister. She was older than me. Uh, so we watched that. And I, I think they were just like, well, they're just watching a silly horror movie. Obviously, it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> but I, I don't know if kids now get that experience of being allowed to just watch R-rated movies like at that age i like all my parents are like oh i would i would never let them watch the, like a pg-13 movie and i was just like well i was just turning on hbo randomly and it would just be whatever movie was on they don't i feel like kids don't get that experience as much anymore they have to kind of maybe it'll be a little bit older so it kind of it's still different for them i think i don't know i feel like it might be worse now because like with Netflix and whatnot, there's tons of things that just aren't rated. So it's like, you can like be a kid and just watch anything at any given time on like Netflix or like whatever, things that were like originals. So therefore they didn't get the MPAA. And it's like, like the Fear Street movies, for instance. Like, I don't think those are rated. Like, those, like those are like, those would be hard R if they got released like theatrically. But because they're on Netflix, I don't think they're rated at all. So like any kid could watch those. So it's like, I feel like kids actually probably have more access now just by virtue of the fact that like, although at the same time, like my parents, I've talked about before, like my parents have tried, they, they tried to shelter me. Like there was like, I wasn't allowed to watch like R-rated movies. So I would go to my friend's houses or I would have to have them like describe like the movies to me. Like it wasn't until like, cause like, I remember like my friends describing like Halloween 4 to me. And then, like, because um, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Um, and then I saw Halloween 4 for the first time. And I was like, this isn't scary at all. Like, the, the, the movie that I made in my head was so much worse than this. Like, what the fuck? I had a friend who came over once when I was younger. And his camp counselor was telling him about Evil Dead 2. <laughs> and But I went to the video store with, with uh, you know, I was like uh, maybe 10 or whatever. Went to the video store and I rented the first one because I'm like, well, you got to see the first one before you see the second one, which turns out you don't need to with Evil really. Dead 2. <laughs> but I remember it starts and he's like, he bails after like 10 minutes. He's like, I can't do this. <laughs> it's too scary. So we stopped watching it and he left and I, I never finished it until like years later. Like I saw Evil Dead 2 before I finished Evil Dead 1 and I saw Evil Dead all the way through for the first time like two decades later like i would just like watch evil dead 2 like why would you need to watch any other evil dead when the first one you see is evil dead 2 you know what i mean in my no, you're definitely you're you're correct in that one but like my whole thing with evil dead is different than most people's because my cousin tim philo was the dp um on evil dead the original evil dead um so like i spent my entire childhood 
uh, with my parents, my grandparents, relatives, whatever, talking about this horrifying movie my cousin made and how like nobody should ever watch this horrifying movie my cousin made and blah, 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 blah. So by the time that we actually saw Evil Dead, it was the same situation as the Halloween 4 thing where I was like, this isn't nearly as bad as you guys described. You described it like I was like, I was so like frightened to watch this. And now I'm watching it. I'm like, this is just, this is a fun time. Like this isn't, this isn't like that scary at all. And then it was like, I got into like Evil Dead too. But although I think I saw Army of Darkness first, but I don't think I knew it had any connection to it just because like that one had like a major release. And I was like, oh, hey, like I'll watch that movie. And then it was like years later, I finally saw Evil Dead um, and Evil Dead too. But yeah, like I have a different relationship with the Evil Dead than most people because like, my like family connection to it but it was funny like the first time we saw my cousin when like for, for the first time we had seen since we had seen evil dead um my brother and i were teenagers and i remember him sitting in a chair and like us sitting on a couch i'm literally counting in my head of being like five four and i even made it three my brother's like i love evil dead and like my cousin being like oh you guys shouldn't watch stuff like that and we're both like what the fuck? What? What? Like, this is what? <laughs> like, we want to talk about Evil Dead and you're just, you have no interest. All right, that's fine. I mean, I, in respect, it's probably because he wasn't involved in the other ones. But like, yeah, no, I I definitely think Evil Dead 2 is the best one. But I do have a familial connection to the original Evil Dead. So like, I hold a special place in my in my heart. That's very cool, actually. I don't have anyone in my family that's ever made any cool horror movies or any movies, really. <laughs> uh yeah, Evil Dead though. Evil Dead Two was explained to us uh, from the camp counselor to him, and then my friend to me was sounded more funny, and it, yeah, you know, it's, it's a hilarious movie in its own right. It's not really that scary. No, but uh, I, it was just I'll just never I'll never forget him just being like ten minutes in. He's like, I can't do it. He's like too scared, and like nothing really happens in the first ten minutes of the movie. I mean, it's a little spooky, I guess, but it wasn't like the movie that was described to him, I guess, for Evil Dead 2, because they're totally different. Um, but I, but it just reminded me how, like, but I loved being scared or being thrilled in movies, and you just kind of keep going at it. I think that's, you You hit it on the, the head earlier. It's sort of like chasing that high, you know, and I think when you find, like, a movie that's, like, reminds you of that early time, that's uh, how that movie becomes some of your favorites yeah um, that's why Nightmare on Elm Street is still like one of my favorites because it's just like it's deep in my soul like <laughs> it like left a scar on my fucking soul so yeah like no yeah that's that's, that's definitely the way I feel about that is like but I mean I feel like the thing with action too just by virtue of the fact that like the most visceral genres the ones that kind of draw you in and make you into like a nerd like a horror nerd or a action nerd or just a film geek in general I feel like most people came from that was movies first and then comics or are you into comics first then movies or is it about the same same time i mean i was into superheroes from like it's almost it's the same thing as like the horror thing where it's like i don't even like i don't remember the time when i wasn't into superheroes so it's like but i mean obviously i could watch movies before i was able to read so like in theory like i guess uh like movies came first because i remember like in like nursery school and stuff being obsessed with the greater's lost ark um so like probably movies but like at the same time like i've loved comics and superheroes for also for as long as i can remember like i remember that's the thing is like i was like talking to rob one day 
about like my tattoos and stuff and it was just like people are like when i first started getting tattooed i got like the joker and everyone's just like oh there's not meaningful i'm like to me i can trace everything in my life back to batman like from when i was like before i want before i have memories like everything i can trace back to batman so like to me it means a lot it means everything so like i love that shit who got you into comics um i guess my dad um at least he fostered my interest in it because i think it's like i've like i've <laughs> thought for years and like he's never really said it but like i feel like um because he wanted he clearly wanted me to get into like like we would like play catch and shit and i had no interest um but like the, like any sports stuff i have no interest even though he was always super into sports and i could not care less um but like the thing that like he did get me into were like movies and comics and like because it was i remember like when i was really little um he would buy me comics when i was sick and stuff and so like the first comic the, the, the reason i have that uh you can't really see it uh, and no one can see it on a podcast anyway, so it gives a shit. Um, my, my first, uh, well, not my first tattoo, but like the lower tattoo of my, like the first one on the lower part of my arm um, was from the first appearance of Justice League because that was one of the first two comics he ever got me. It was this random reprint of the first appearance of the Justice League and issue of Fantastic Four. And so like from there, it was just always kind of like deeply a part of me. And like whenever I would get sick, I would be kind of excited because like, I'd be like, can you go get me comics? And he'd be like, okay. And like, so it's like, I got, that's how, that's how I got comics for the longest time before I had money. Do you ever fake being sick in order to get a comic? Uh, no, I mean, I definitely, as I said, I was excited when I was to some extent because I got comics, but like mostly I would fake being sick just to get the fuck out of school. That was basically my main thing. But like, I did start amassing my collection that way. I've just, cause also I was a sickly kid. So that was kind of helpful in that respect. And did you have like uh, other kids that you were friends with that were into comics or was this something that was in the horror movies and movies in general? Was that something that you shared with yourself or did you have like a group? Um, comics, not until I was like, I want to say 11. Um, my friend June, um, I remember vividly because um, we, became, we became friends like right when I was out of elementary school Um and uh, he invited me over one day and he like went to like open his um, dresser and literally the dresser drawer was filled with comic books, like filled to the fucking brim with comic books. And like, it was like stuff I hadn't even heard of. Like, I mean, yeah, there was stuff like X-Men and stuff, but like there was like, I, at the time Image Comics was brand new and I didn't know that was even a thing that existed. So it was like Youngblood and like Spawn and Wildcats and like all that stuff. And so we would literally just for like when I was like 11 and 12, like we would just like sit around his uh, like floor of his room and just read comics. When we got out of school, we'd just read comics or like play with his X-Men toys and shit. But like um, horror, um, when I was really little, like, um, like when I was in elementary school, like it was kind of mainstream. It was kind of the end of the mainstream because it was, I guess, when they were kind of falling out of favor. But um, but all my friends liked that's the thing is like so the stuff that I couldn't watch. Like my friends would describe it to me, but like when I like got slightly older, like most people I found didn't really give a shit. So like I didn't really have anyone to talk about it with. It wasn't really until like um, I ended up getting into like my like later teens and like kind of the, the prolif proliferation of the internet 
um, like getting onto message boards and like meeting people who were into like punk rock and like horror movies and comic books and like all the stuff that I loved. And so it was like, yeah, I've not met this person who lives in Northern California, but like we have the, exactly the same taste and stuff. So like that, that's kind of where that really came from because the town I grew up in had no problem reminding me I was weird on a pretty constant basis. That has to be difficult when you're into something and like the town is sort of just like not being nice about it, you know? Like Oh no, yeah. It's how, uh... <laughs> how how did that how did that change you like your attitude towards I don't know life growing up in a town like that? I mean, I feel like the reason that I'm like as kind of like okay. Um most people like know me as being like I guess like relatively like because I the friends that I have I love and like so I, I I'm social with the people that I want to be social with but like as a general rule like most of the time I just kind of keep to myself because that was kind of what I learned at a young age it was kind of like the only way for me to survive because it was like from I mean because I never had like the thing of like I guess when you're like you, when you go from being like you're born to like let's say like kindergarten nursery school age like you don't that's that's the, the only world you know like so whatever you like whatever your experiences are up to that point that's all you know and then when you go out and you like meet other people it would kind of like you learn uh how things are like how things really are and it was like for me it was always like from a really young age um i was never like I feel like some people are, but like when you're presented with people not liking the same things as you, you're basically, your two options are basically being like, oh, then I guess I shouldn't like that. Or the way, direction I went, where it's like, oh, that sucks for you. <laughs> like, you were just like, for me, it was always just like, I like, I love these things that I love. Like these, like the, I'm very passionate about the things that I enjoy. So it's like, it, is unfortunate that other people don't share that but it doesn't like diminish my enjoyment and actually i feel like it kind of helps now in terms of like because like there's we have mutual friends who like get like really upset by like people on twitter being dicks and i'm like i don't care this has been my entire life so it's like when people like <laughs> are like that thing sucks that you like okay <laughs> like i don't i don't fucking care <laughs> like that's like i like this thing whether or not you like it is irrelevant to my fucking life. That is a good attitude to have. When I was growing up, like I was into movies, obviously. And, but I didn't really have a whole lot of friends to share it with. So I watched mostly movies by myself or occasionally my neighbor would come over. We'd watch movies. It wasn't really until like around high school that I started getting a little bit more friends but that was actually more about pro wrestling than it was movies and and tv or whatnot so that was that was a cool moment to like be into something somebody else was into but i think i leaned a little too heavy on trying to like be like the best friend ever to these people <laughs> that also like the same thing and it's just it's a weird balance that i've struggled with uh, struggled with I don't really struggle with it that much now but just like I know this sounds weird but just like the balance of 
liking something somebody else does and also not being really annoying about it and like trying to find that like core group and you know eventually you know i found that kind of core group and stuff and a lot of it it is it's cool too because like my group of friends i have now that um that i've been friends with for like 20 years started from pro wrestling but then there's some of those friends were also really into like horror movies so then now i have this a couple other friends that i talk to about horror movies like all the time now we go to movies together we used to like hang out and watch horror movies and stuff so i I, it's a really good feeling i think when you actually find that that group of, of of friends that you can really feel comfortable talking with and i i sometimes think it takes a while Oh yeah, yeah, dude. It took me until I was uh, 17, I want to say. Cause like when I was like, cause like, I mean, I, I, there was a friends I mentioned who were like, whatever, but like, um, I never really felt like I always kind of felt like a weirdo, like in terms of like the way my family is, the way that my town was like, I always felt weird. And it wasn't until like, cause even like in like the punk rock scene in like my town, like, I was weird. Cause I like metal. Like, I mean, I love punk rock and I love hardcore, but I also love like, metallica and slayer and like whatever and like um i remember it was funny like the first time i like made like brotherhood friends um it was like this dude who was like literally went to nursery school with me um who we kind of like we had always kind of like been cool but we never really like were like friends per se and um, he was really close with uh, my friend Jake, who I'd met when I first started uh, middle school. And um, I somehow got kind of inducted into the group. And it was hilarious because, like, they were, like, the preppiest dudes on the planet. Like, they were, like, an Abercrombie and shit. And I'm sitting here with my fucking giant mohawk, my fucking, like, Riddler t-shirt, and my, like, fucking AFI hoodie, and, like, my, bl- like, my ripped black jeans, and like they treated me exactly the same as if I was like just one of, one of them. And like, and they would always like, they never made me feel weird for any of the things that I liked. Like they would always like encourage me or they would ask me questions about things that I liked. And it was like, it was actually really helpful because like when I was really like young, I was like, people would talk about like now, well, like I'm hyperverbal, but I was, there was a long time where I was really quiet because I was really scared of like, saying something that was going to basically have somebody go off on me or make me feel bad about myself or whatever. It wasn't until I started hanging out with them that it was like, Oh, Hey, like, cause I remember there was like one time we were all at a party or whatever. And like, I kind of, people would ask me questions about things. I just kind of just do what I'm doing now. And like, I would kind of amass a group and like <laughs> them being like, so this is like your superpower. Like it just like, like you, like, you don't know how to tear it. You don't know how to control this, but like for some reason, like if you get into like a certain zone, you like everyone just is drawn to you. And I'm just like, I guess, I mean, I just, me being whatever, just talking about like the things that I like. And I guess that's appealing on some level. That's kind of why I also try to do that. Like on like Twitter and stuff. Cause I'm like, that's always kind of been my thing where it's just like, if you keep a positive mindset, it just, for my experience, just better exponentially for your mental health. Yeah, saying that makes a lot of sense because, you know, we we have people that we know online and in real life that there's so much negativity that it totally messes with your head. 
And I think it's always important to try to be as positive as, as you can. And I think your experiences growing up feeling that way has probably shaped that sort of positivity now, knowing how you probably don't want other people to feel that way. Oh, absolutely not. No, yeah. Like if if I ever, I think like whenever I hear somebody, like when that's why I always like try to like jump in if I see somebody like shitting and stuff, because it's like, like, why? Like, what is even the fucking point? Like, why? Like, I, I get that basically it's, it's, it's coming from something that's wrong with that person and not with the person who's being attacked, but it's still just like, why? Like, why would you even bother doing that? Because like in the end, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for you. It's not good for anybody. It's just like, so it's like for me, as somebody who has a litany of fucking mental illnesses, it's like the way that I've kind of learned to keep, stuff in check is just by trying my best to like analyze things the best I can and keep the best possible, like even keeled mindset that I possibly can. Cause it's so easy to fall off in any particular direction. And I feel like a lot of people don't even realize they're like falling off and I'm just, and they, until they're like so far gone, it's just, it's, it's fucking depressing. Yeah. I think my biggest issue just generally is, Sometimes I I think I'm a little bit too honest, uh, and just like my my feelings on certain things, which uh doesn't like rub anybody the wrong way. But sometimes you know you just run into like issues where like you just have to apologize afterwards. But um, I think though that um, it's I think being into movies, especially a certain type of genre movie, though knowing that there is this stigma that some people have towards it that kind of makes you a stronger person. Mm. If that makes any sense. Just oh, knowing yeah. that, that like, <laughs> you know, I like, uh, you know, this, like these type of horror movies and people might look down on it, but you're like, yeah, but, I, but I like it. It makes me feel good. So like, you know, makes it I mean, a little, it's that, little better. And it's also just like, in my case, like, as I said, like I grew up as a punk kid because like for when I was like probably like 11 or 12, maybe probably even 10, um, I loved punk rock. Um, so like I just, and I mean, I love skateboarding and like all that, like all of it came with the kind of the punk rock scene, um, kind of all the trappings. And like <laughs> in a redneck town, like, yeah, there was like a decent amount of us, but like it was still like, we were all kind of looked down on. And to the extent that like, I mean, I've never really talked about this, but um, in my own household, like my mom would constantly give me shit for like the way that I dressed, the way my hair was, like stuff like that. And like, my dad would just kind of ignore me. So it was like, to a large extent, I just kind of gained kind of a thicker skin by virtue of the fact that like, I knew that I had to be kind of on guard at all times. So that just kind of is a thing that I carry in life now. And I don't even necessarily know that I'm doing it all the time, but that's why I kind of always feel like wait, I'm kind of like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop at a given moment. Like they're like, it's even like punk and hardcore shows. It's just like, you, you never know. Like, you, like, the, the, like who's going to give you shit for no fucking reason. I never really was a music guy. So I never was in that sort of scene, but I do know, that when I worked at uh, worked at Baker Square, which is like a pie place back in the Midwest, and uh, 
the the people I started hanging out with were introducing me to like music that I never would have discovered before. Like uh, this guy Mike, he uh, introduced me to Faith No More. Fucking love Faith No More. Yeah, they're that's one of my favorite bands of all time. Just because like I never would have dis- probably would have discovered them because like I only had a few friends growing up and they really weren't into music. And if they were into music, it was whatever it was popular or whatnot. And, you know, I think those experiences of meeting people different from me has really kind of helped shape me too, with like some of the likes and things. And I think it's important to, to talk to people that are, you know, not necessarily the same as you, but like are a little bit different and whatnot. And I think, you know, being in a part of a scene, you, you tend to meet more, diverse people i think um that's important like did the people that you meet like help you become the person you are now or is it just sort of like you always just were you and (laughs) i mean i feel like it's i mean i guess a little bit from column a a little from column b because just by virtue of the fact that like i feel like the scene and actually especially like the people that i mentioned my friends uh when i was like 17 18 like the preppy kids who I love to this day, um, I will always hold them in my heart. Um, it's like they helped me. I love me as also the the scene did with like kind of just being comfortable with who I was and like because like that's like the thing that I've heard myself. I've heard people describe me as like authentic, which I'm just like I guess like I don't like I know what that means, but like sure that is like I guess it's good because they're like it's like well you're just you and I'm like. What, what what is the other option <laughs> like, i was just like i don't i don't understand but um but yeah i mean i guess it's just that's kind of like that was definitely helpful in that respect because it was just like the chance to like be like especially in, like the punk rock scene it's like there's like there was for, like that's where a big part of where i learned just the idea of like no boundaries no limits so i always think it's funny when people are like about like how like limiting punk rock is i'm like it's really not it's like it's whatever you want like it's just like the clash or punk rock the same way the talking heads are like punk rock the same way like you can go on and on and on like there's like Meyer threat and bad brains are punk rock there's like a million different things and you can solve punk rock but also at the same time just in terms of like the self-expression in terms of like the way you dress like the way you do your hair like whatever you want to do it's all like it's helpful in teaching you at least from my experience that like anything is possible and like there's nothing wrong with like you trying to like create the most you version of you like i used to have constantly different colored hair i used to have like the mohawk or whatever and it was always just because i liked it and i wanted like that's 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 how i wanted to present myself to the world and so it's like i feel like that was helpful in terms of giving me the confidence to do that yeah my wife is like that she likes to change your hair color and stuff and just sort of just be yourself. And I think when you were talking earlier about the authentic thing, I think it's, you can tell when someone is being fake. Uh, And I, I think people who are more comfortable in their skin are the ones that are probably the most real than the ones that haven't quite figured it out, I guess. Um, You know what I mean? No, I do. I mean, that's the funny is like, uh, like the tattoos, um <laughs> like i remember 
when I first started getting them, my parents were freaking out and everything. I'm just like, I don't understand why you care. And like, and I had said to my dad that it was typically his fault. And like, hey, it was like, I think it was like Christmas Eve. And he was just like, how is this my fault? And I was like, you fostered my interest in metal and punk rock, which is where I saw tattoos for the first time. And you fostered my interest in comic books, which is what all of these are. <laughs> so if we're putting A plus B together and like my aunt was like, you know, he's got a point. And my dad would be like, shut up, Amy. And I'm just like, it is what it is, man. Like, it's just like, this is like, when I first started getting tattooed, it was just because like, I just wanted how, like who I feel like I am on the inside to be shown on the outside. And like everything that I'm tattooed is all like nerd shit. Like it's all like either comics or like movies. Um, the drug free across my knuckles is, I mean, straight edge, but it's also CM Punk, like so pro wrestling. Like, so it's like all of like, I don't know, all of it to me is just, I just, I think it's good to express who you are inside. I feel like a lot of people don't do that. And I feel like that kind of kills you slowly over time. I don't have any tattoos. My wife, Julie, she does. And did you know that she has a CM Punk tattoo? Oh, I did not. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she not necessarily because she particularly like likes CM Punk or not. It's just uh, she knew that I liked you know CM Punk and that um, he was from Chicago, and she was. It's just like something that like um, a lot of the tattoos have sort of like a meaning to her. You know, that's just she thought it'd be funny to put a CM Punk tattoo on and. She, you know, it's also is just you know something that just reminds her of our relationship and whatnot, and, and I think that's cool that people, you know, do that. You know, like I, I, I just don't like the permanentness of things. No, that that that's why I didn't get them for like the longest time. Like, um, I actually was like somebody the other day was like surprised I didn't like just start when I was eighteen, and I was like I'm actually really glad I didn't because I almost did when I was like actually even younger than 18, because there was a guy in a punk rock scene who to us was like the older dude. So he was cool. Um, but he was like only like a couple years older than us. Um, but he had a tattoo gun and he like wanted to be a tattoo artist. So he would like tattoo the dudes in the scene, but he would get stoned while he was doing it. And I was just like, I had designs. Like I wanted to do like this big, like, which these were stupid as fuck. And I'm glad I didn't get them. But I wanted to do like this big dragon up my arm. And I wanted to do like um, Cheshire Cat, like on the other arm, whatever. And just I wanted to have tattoos. And um, when I went to him and he was like getting stoned, I was just like, could you just not while we're doing this? Like, and he was just like, well, I'm doing this for free as a good, like a favor. And I was just like, no, I get that. I appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. But like, this is permanent. And if you fuck this up, then I'm stuck with it forever. So I just rather you were, you know, just, just clear headed, like right sharp on the, on the razor's edge. And like he just was not into it at all. So I was like, all right, cool. So I'm just not going to do it. And I didn't for like a long time. It wasn't until um, my tattoo artist, we used to work together at Lowe's and I talked to him about stuff I wanted. And he was like, when he got back from tattoo school, was like, oh, hey, do you still want like that Joker piece? And I was just like, yeah. And he's like, I'll give you a hell of a deal on it. And then it kind of snowballed from there. Before I, you know, met Julie, like I, didn't really like put posters up or like collect things and whatnot. And I think now like I have a wall in my room uh, that's just like different movie posters of, of some of my favorite movies. I got some 
I got a Kenny Omega figure that's on the wall. I've got uh, some cool horror art, you know, and I'm just, I use that. That's my expression. Those are like, like my tattoos, I guess, just to, to have all that, all that nerd stuff that I like, Um, you know, so that's why I like, I'm happy to, you know, have all these cool things on my wall and stuff and not be like afraid to just be like, you know, this is what I'm into. And uh, it's, it's so funny too. Cause like most of the people I know, they, they're just like, cool. Like there's no judgment and stuff. And I was like, for the longest time, I just assumed like someone's going to judge me for, because I really liked Friday the 13th part six. And it's like, the fucking best one. <laughs> I know. Like, but like, you know, it's, Nobody's gonna make fun of me for that because, like, most people really don't care. They're, they either think it's rad or they're just like, "Oh, that's cool." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it took yeah. me a really long time to be like, "It's okay to, you know, show the stuff that you're into. You know, you don't have to hide it. You know." And I, you know, I, I sometimes that lesson takes a while. Sometimes people pick it up pretty quickly. You know, but uh, I'm pretty, pretty happy about, you know, doing that now and i think that's probably why i do the podcast too is just because i'm more comfortable just talking about it and whatnot and hearing what other people are into and stuff i just i i think it's really fun and interesting um yeah i mean that's the thing is like my i always kind of had it but also um i don't know for sure like i know some of the things that are like my brain like i know the adhd thing um and like there's certain other things but like um whether or not i have like somewhere uh, i i'm pretty confident i fall somewhere on the spectrum from various people that have told me as such but like that could that be a factor in why i've always like not given a shit like whatever anybody thought and just always like wasn't super like cared about being social i have no idea it's entirely possible but again these are all i have no idea for sure (laughs) Uh, my last show I did, I asked this question, and I'm actually really kind of curious to to hear it now after you know talking to you about all this stuff. You you've got a lot of physical media, I assume, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Blu-rays, right? <laughs> yeah. How do you organize them? Okay, <laughs> this again falls into the way my brain is wired. That doesn't make sense to anybody. Um, it is literally an organizational system that makes sense only to me um because all thematic like things that are like in my mind i group together that like are like um but literally nobody else understands it like um my brother i remember one time was looking for one of my movies and like he was like how the fuck do you find anything in all of this and i was like what are you looking for and he he told me and i found it in like one second and he's like how and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, it's just like the way my brain works. I knew that's where the hangover had to be. Like, it, like Animal House is here. Like, <laughs> like the hangover is here. I don't know why. It just, that's the way it is. So it's like, there isn't like a specific system. Because even like, um, I used to try to keep like all my horror together. And even that, it got so unwieldy that it was pointless. Um, so like now it's kind of all over the place. So yeah, to answer your question, um, you could say it's unorganized. But to me, it is extremely organized to the extent that if there is something that doesn't, I don't feel like makes sense where it is, I will agonize over it for truly embarrassing lengths of time until I figure out how to solve that problem. 
So it's like organized chaos in some ways. Like, <laughs> I mean, to me, it all makes sense. Like, so it's like, I, to me, it's just, it's not even chaos. It's just like, yeah, this is the, how else would you do this? Like, of course, Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez go together. They're the Holy Trinity. Why would you not make that choice? Like, it's like, and like David Fincher is equally important. Like, why would he not be next to them? Like, it's just like all of these things like make perfect sense to me. But just when you like try to explain it to somebody else, you just see the like just utter flabbergasted look in their eyes. I have my stuff just sort of together. Like I used to be like, oh, I'm going to do alphabetical alphabetical i used to alphabetize stuff and then all of a sudden people just put back things wherever they would put it back and then i think it was julie who was just like i like putting them in just whatever order they're just in because it's sort of like um shuffle like you don't really know what you want to watch and you just kind of look at one section of the shelf and there'll be like 10 completely different movies and it kind of then you can really choose the what you want versus like when you see something in particular order, you're like your brain kind of works differently, I think. And so yeah. like other than my John Woo and John Carpenter, that's like all together movies based off a release date, I just have a bunch of just random stuff together. Which... I try to keep my carpenter together, but even that has become kind of a zero sum game where it's like I have most of it together, but I also have like the stuff that couldn't fit anymore. So like I have like his action stuff in one area and his horror stuff in another area because that was easier. Um, but it's like, okay, here's my problem with alph- alphabetical is, okay, let's say you're doing this. It's like Child's Play, Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3. What comes next? Bride of Chucky. What the hell, man? So, like, I had to put Brian Chucky in a different place. And then what comes after that? Seed of Chucky? That comes in a different place, too? What the hell, man? This could be all over the goddamn place. I was like, if I'm looking for the entire series, I'm going to kill myself. And the plus, Bride and Seed and First Child's Play are, like, three completely different vibes, too. Yes. Yes. So, like, I could totally see him. Like, I don't know how that looks in your collection, but I picture them being in a with other things that makes sense to you yes it goes like the right over there there is like the halloweens into the child's play franchise because it's just like the, the, the they're like the ones that i have probably the most individual like franchise like individual franchise entries of um without counting box sets like friday 13 and stuff but yeah like it's just like but even like 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 nightmare on the street and then all of a sudden it's freddy's dead what the hell man like suddenly like i have to change my organization i'll kill myself that's just that's impossible well, you, you could probably do a release date with, with those. Like chronological? Versus, yeah, you know, instead of like alphabetical. But it's so funny, too, because when you talk to people like that we know online who like are very like meticulous and they overthink the thing and it's got to be like a certain order. It's just like I can't imagine like fretting over where I'm going to put my movies as much. That's another reason why I just whatever I just throw them in there. Like, does it fit? Yeah, cool. You know, but like that's just me, like you know. Plus, I don't really thing, watch my stuff as much as I should, too. That's <laughs> that's horrifying. That's so sad. I mean, my thing is like the other thing I have that's like really it's getting really unwieldy is um I try to keep my vampire stuff and my werewolf stuff together, um and like that's starting to get the point where it's like it's like my um my MCU shelf and my DCEU shelf 
it's starting to get to the point where it's like outgrowing it. And I'm like, God damn it. Like I was just like, I have to figure this out. Cause like, if I have to put these in different places, I'm just going to cry. I'm just going to endlessly cry every day. So my other question then would be, cause I, I usually ask this of a lot of the guests on like, how do younger kids get into horror now? Is it just, is it very similar to like how you did? Or do you think it's harder or or easier now? I mean, I feel like it's more accessible now just by virtue of the fact that like you can, especially like in October, like when streaming services all go off and like they're all like trying to get amass the most horror they possibly can. Um, I feel like if you're like a kid with like a parent or like guardian or whatever um with like a decent amount of streaming service options you can theoretically watch basically anything at any given time um like whereas when i was a kid it was like again i didn't have my parents were trying to shelter me so like i basically would have to like either go to friends houses when they when their parents let them rent it and like watch stuff or i would have to have my friends describe what happened in the movie to me um so i wouldn't be left out um and then other than that, like trying to like read like Fangoria or like whatever. Um, whereas now, as I said, it's like it's it's like any kid that has Netflix can watch the Fear Street movies if they so choose. Or I mean, even less than that, like I feel like a really good gateway series for like kids is like Stranger Things. Cause it's like it's very, it's 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 very horror oriented. Like it's very like it's Carpenter is a massive influence. Stephen King is a massive influence. Like they very clearly were like horror guys and they just kind of filtered it through like other stuff. But like Stranger Things, I think is really good gateway horror. So it's like, I feel like it's easier. It's a matter of like, you have to like have the interest. Cause I feel like the thing with horror also is like, there's like, there's hardcore like horror fans who like are always there. But then there's also just people who kind of just when it's trendy or like all about it and then like kind of just fall off, which is whatever, it's fine. But like, that's my kind of my whole thing is like, it just, I feel like it depends on how popular it is to how many people want to seek it out. Cause I remember like, um, cause the sledgehammer horror thing, he had asked me about like when, um, like when scream was really big and everything, cause I'm how important scream is to me. Um, like if I was ever like, kind of like bitter about getting popular and I was like, to me, it was never like that. It was always like, I am not going to be mad if like other people like the same thing as me, like it's like the, kind of the more the merrier, like being in a theater full of people who are super stoked to see like a screen movie is makes for the best possible experience watching a screen movie. I like, mean, that's the case with anything where it's, I feel like if thing like, so like if we get to the point where horror like blows up again, because basically there was like, the 80s kind of boom and it kind of like had a brief like resurgence when we were younger like in the 90s like when scream and like the scream ripoffs came out and then it kind of died again and then it came back with a vengeance when there was like the remakes and like freddy versus jason and all and like land of the dead and all that stuff then it kind of died out again so like if there's like another resurgence i feel like there definitely be a lot of people that come into it and hopefully they stick around because that was always kind of my thing with like anything like punk wrestling whatever like I'm stoked when it gets popular by virtue of the fact that like there's more people that care at any given time, but like mostly I just hope people find this thing that means something to them and stick with it. And it's becomes a part of their life. That's as helpful to them as it was to me.
All right. Well, uh, Patrick, I want to thank you for coming on. I thought that was a good final end note, you know, there. Because, like, you know, horror is uh, something that has helped us out, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I hope that it helps other other kids out as well. So thanks for uh, coming on my show. And, you know, I really appreciate it. Of course.